Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. I'm going to try to teach. I'm not much of a teacher. I'm more of a preacher naturally, but I'm going to try to teach. We're still continuing this series on walking the path. Pastor Travis has been teaching for about two years on this, um, and so I'm just going to continue today. Um, it's funny, I, I said, you know, I, I said that I was going to get him back for what he said last, last week, but I'm not because I, I got I to gotta, I gotta teach, and so I'm going to give you a pass this week, Pastor Travis. All I remember is that somebody lost a fingernail during those airsoft wars, and it wasn't me, but I'm not going to talk about it. Um, but anyway, can we pray really quick? Can we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. Father, I thank you for what's already taken place, Lord. I thank you for the work that you're doing in the young people's lives, Lord. I know that it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Divina or even Pastor Travis or Tina. Dude, it's all about you. Father, we're just being obedient. I just pray that you continue to do the work in your young people. They're the future of our church, the future of your church. So, Lord, I pray for every young person around this community and every church around this valley. Lord, that you would just minister to every single kid going back to school. That you would remind them who they are and that they would be leaders and not followers in this world. Father, we love you, we praise you, we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, and all his children said, amen. Amen. I'm going to try to touch on, um, you know, we've been talking about walking the path and if you're a Christian, if we say the fruit of the Spirit, all of us should know what that means, right? We've all read it probably a thousand times, if not more. But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 20 or chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Hmm. These qualities, these nine qualities make up a fruit. And I bring an orange up here, not because I wanted to take a snack, but I brought this orange. I was thinking, a lot of us, uh, you know, we go through life thinking that when we talk about the, the fruits of the Spirit, we say the fruits of the Spirit. But I want to teach you guys something today. I believe that it's not the fruits, it's just as singular as the fruit of the Spirit. And so I was thinking, if you picture an orange, and I was going to peel it, but my wife says, please don't peel, it's going to get messy. But if you think of an orange, an orange is made up of a lot of orange wedges, right? So we're going to use our imagination. I don't know how many of you guys watch Barney, but we're going to use our imagination this morning. And just picture that, here's this orange, this is the fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit made up of many components. Every wedge is part of the fruit. It's not nine, seven, or nine different fruits. See, because I was telling people, like, when we've got nine different, when we give young people options, they take them. So if we, if we as Christians, we think that there's nine different fruits, we're going to take just the fruits that apply to us or the fruits that are easy to, 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 to do, right? But see, we're not called to pick and choose. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, all that. Listen. The original Greek word for fruit in Galatians chapter 5 is karpos, 
One of the, one of the definitions says that the word carpos means a result of something. When the fruit of the Spirit is displayed in our lives, it is a result, it's a sign or a result that we are being led by the Spirit of God. So listen, if you, call, if you dare call yourself a Christian this morning, the fruit of the Spirit is a direct result of you being led by the Spirit of God. Okay? Just like the branches of a grapefruit, they have to be connected in order to produce grapes. The fruit of the Spirit needs to, it's evidence that we're connected to the Spirit of God. Amen? I asked, the, I asked our team earlier, I said, why, why do you think that the writer found, uh, found it so important to put the fruit of the Spirit in the Bible? Why is it so important? If we're Christians, we should know right from wrong. We should know that if we're Christians, God is, I hear this all the time, God is the God of love. So we just got to love, right? We know love. I talk to the youth all the time and they get tired of hearing me this. We love everything. The word love doesn't carry any significance anymore. I love my dog. I love, my, I love pizza. I love my video games. I love all this. So listen, this is why it's so important and why the writer found it so important for, you to, for him to put this in the Bible because of the five verses that preceded it that come before this. It says this in verse chapter 19. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, Jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dis dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins of this kind or of the, like these. In fact, Galatians 5.17 says this, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit was contrary to the flesh. Bottom line, you, can't, you can be led by, your, by the spirit, or you can be led by the flesh. But you can't be led by both. They are, they are in constant um, conflict of each other. Probably one of the most beautiful parts of this passage that I read is found in verse 23, where it says this, it says, there is no law against these things. There's no law against these things. In fact, it would, it would be true to say that we can, ex we can exhibit um, uh, the fruit without any limitations. Check this out. As Christians, as believers, we, I, I, we, 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 we could never love too much. We can, never, we can never have too much peace. We can never have too much joy. Right? Because the Bible says that there's no limitations, there's no laws against this. That means that we, 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 we should be good all the time. We should be faithful all the time. We should be gentle all the time, young people. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the goal that I strive or we should strive as Christians to achieve. Right, Cinderella? Is to have every gift of the fruit of the Spirit. So the first wedge of this orange is love. And we've all heard it, but let me tell you what love is. 
Love is a selfless, giving, devoted love of God to others. Love is an active display that compels us to put others' needs before our own needs. Love honors others, celebrates others' triumphs and victories. No matter how difficult it is to hear, it gives of self. Love is not selfish. Love doesn't allow feelings to dictate how Christian or how loving you're going to be. See, we don't operate in feelings. We operate in the spirit. Come on, somebody needs to hear this this morning. Love is hopeful. It's persevering. It's trusting. Love, loving people keep hatred, apathy, and self-preservation away from themselves. They're always looking out for other people. They, they just love genuinely the way that God loves. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the love uh, uh, book. We use this for weddings. It says love is patient, it's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. That's love. The next wedge is joy. Man, how many of you guys need joy in this place today? Not happiness, but joy. Joy is a deep and enduring state of our soul. That no circumstance or event or, or whatever it is that's going on in your life, that's just joy it sustains you. Joy is something that comes from heaven that keeps going no matter what your circumstance or your situation in your life right now. That's joy. It comes from God. It's an active display that compels us to put, oh, I'm in the wrong place. It's delighting in God's Choosing and rejoices in all things. Joy. Because if our circumstances don't rule our lives, then your mood would be a lot better every day. If our circumstances don't dictate our joy, then we have no swings of anger or things like that that don't come from God, right? Joy is from the Lord. Philippians 4 forces this. Always be full of joy. In the Lord, I say again, rejoice. It's not about what's going on in your life. It's about who you're focused on and who you believe in. The next wedge is peace. Peace is a deep wall, well of confidence that God is who he says he is and that he would do what he says he will do. Peace comes from resting on the promises of God. It's choosing to work with others for coming goals, not against them. It brings you peace. Peace is often unexplainable. When everything's falling apart and you have the peace of God, people don't understand it. You can't explain it. It just comes from here. Listen, that's the fruit of you being connected to your heavenly father. He gives you peace that over, overwrites everything that's going on in your life. 
The Bible says in Psalms 37, be still in the presence. Oh no. John 14, sorry. John 14, 27 says, I am leaving you with the gift of peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is a gift from God. You can't, listen, young people, you're getting ready to go back to school. It's crazy that Pastor T asked me to preach on this. The gifts, the, the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you guys remember what we studied last summer before we started school? The gift of the Spirit, right? Or the, the fruit of the Spirit, right? And Pastor Travis asked me to speak this on this very day. Why? Because sometimes we need to be reminded. Because we talked about how last year we stood up here and we celebrated how amazing camp was. But then we remained stuck there. And then we went back to doing our own business without ever checking up on God again, right? Some of us didn't even talk to God until we showed up to camp again. We have to be reminded that the fruit of the Spirit is a sign of you being connected to God. You can talk about knowing God. You can talk about knowing Jesus. You can talk about how much, how perfect attendance you have here at church or whatever. But the fruit of the Spirit... It's a direct reflection of your walk with God. There's nothing, I probably shouldn't say that, I'll say it. There's nothing more, what's the word, unpleasing, irritating, frustrating as a pastor when you see somebody up here on a Sunday morning and their life is full of life and they got so much hope. And then they call you on Monday and their world's falling apart. Not you guys, just people we talk about. They call in. The fruit of the Spirit is a direct reflection of you walk with God. Stick that one in your pocket. Talk, put it on a shirt. Yeah, put it on a shirt. Hey, put it on a shirt. I, I wrote that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. Whew. The next wedge is patience. Some of us need patience. Don't worry, Pastor Travis, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, I'm having fun, sorry. No, it's all joking, but no, he's the most patient person, but when it comes to putting something together or building something, <laughs> Javi, I'll pay you. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Is that okay? I didn't, I didn't kick too hard, did I? Patience is exhibiting calmness during the midst of stressful situations. It's showing empathy, empathy in towards others when they are not doing the things that you want them to do. Somebody needs to hear that again. It's showing empathy towards someone when they're not doing, acting, behaving Saying, showing up, I could keep going. Patience is being Christ-like all the time, not just when somebody's watching. Patience is produced when we support the growth of others and we celebrate their journey in life. That's patience. I'm so thankful that I serve a God that has patience. 
Because if we acted like, if, if he acted the way that I act, I would have given up on me a long time ago. I'm so thankful that he models patience the way it should be done as a Christian every single day. Not just when you feel comfortable about it. It's not getting easily disgruntled or upset when a delay occurs or, you know, that doesn't matter. It's not going to matter in 10 years. It's not going to matter from 10 days from now. It's just not getting easily angry. My wife will tell you, I got to work on that. I get mad. Oakland will tell you. We're remodeling the youth room, and he's like, dude, are you mad at me? And no, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at me. I can't figure this out. Right? And listen, I'm sitting up here. I'm preaching to myself, too. I'm not perfect. Listen, the reason why these, this fruit of the Spirit is put in the Bible is because we're human, and we're human at nature. That doesn't make it okay. But we got to strive to, to, to show these as much as possible every single day. Patient people don't, come easy, don't become easily annoyed, agitated. Psalms 37 says this, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Ooh. Wait patiently for him to act. Not me. See, when I take myself out of it, and Lord, you figure it out because I don't know what I'm doing, guess what? It happens. In his timing, I have to still be patient. I'll keep going because Ruba took all my time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Where is she? <laughs> I'm kidding. Woo. I love her. No, I love her. That was no. She'll talk to me later. I'll come see you at your table. <laughs> uh, hold on. The next one is kindness. <laughs> kindness is, is being genuinely kind to everyone and anyone, even when they say dumb things. It assumes that all people deserve kindness no matter how different they are. Oh, man, I need to hear that one. It means that all people need kindness, no matter how different they are. Me. I am the most loving people. When, when people are different than I am, I, I just don't have the patience. And I don't have the kindness. Right? Because I want everybody to be like me. Man, can you imagine? Oakland, can you imagine a world full of Javier's? Kindness celebrates others. It serves when there, is, when there is a need. Kindness serves where there's a need. Not where we feel like we're needed, but where there's a need. Somebody needs to hear that. It assists others and shows courtesy and compassion to anyone. Kind people do not display animosity, ill will, or envy towards others. Proverbs eleven seventeen says this, your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Mm. The next wedge, I'll keep moving because I'm running out of time, is goodness. Goodness is truly desiring to help others. 
It's everything that Rupa was talking about here. Kindness drives you to help others, even when it doesn't feel comfortable, even when you don't feel like it. See, God will call you at 11 o'clock at night, at midnight, when you're already laying in bed, so that you can be kind. Or to see how good you could be to somebody else. See, it's so really easy to be good to somebody when you're here already at church. But what happens when somebody calls you at 1 o'clock in the morning? What happens when somebody calls you when you're, not, when you're tired or, 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 you got, or you're in the middle of a lake on a boat? Goodness does the right thing it challenges, uh, and challenges other people to do the same, even if the conversation is uncomfortable. It's pretty uncomfortable up here, but I'll let Pastor Travis fix it next week. <laughs> Goodness does the right thing, and it challenges people to do the same, even if the conversation is uncomfortable. It is decent, it is honest, it is honorable, it is virtuous, and full of integrity. Good people don't just do the right thing, they make things right. James 3.13 says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with humility that comes from your wisdom. The next wedge is faithfulness. You guys learning anything? Okay. Faithfulness is being dependable in our relationship with God and with others. Ooh. Faithfulness is being dependable in your relationship with God and others. It's being dependable. It's choosing to be true to our word and following through with our promises. Faithfulness, faithful people constant, uh, are constantly devoted, trustworthy, steadfast in all situations. Not just some situations, all situations. They are always reliable in the world that is not so reliable. Faithful people are not disloyal, nor are they flaky or, or, or they keep their commitments, Right? 2 Corinthians says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. It's by being faithful, knowing that God says he's going to do what he says he's going to do, even when we don't feel like doing it. That's being faithful. Even when we don't see it, even when things don't line up, we're faithful. The next one is gentleness. Gentleness is allowing God to deal with others so that you don't have to. No, honestly, it's, it's God deals with things so that you don't have to take matters into your own hands because we can make a mess out of it. It's been said that gentleness is the grace to the soul. Gentleness is, includes being calm, quiet, collective. Being gentle doesn't mean that, that someone is weak. I, I, I tell people that all the time, man. If, you just, if you're quiet, the fire will burn out, Right? Doesn't mean you're weak. 
As a matter of fact, I tell young people, young men that are, that are being raised in the church, man, that makes you stronger than anybody that can sit there and be loud. Get, get into, get into a, a match with somebody because I always tell people, don't get, don't get down to their level. Bring them up to your level. Right? So being gentle doesn't mean that you're weak. It's quite the opposite. It takes great strength to be gentle when the flesh wants to do the opposite. Gentle people are not harsh. They're not mean. They carefully choose their words before they say them. Philippians 4, 5 says, Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Self-control. This is a big one. Self-control is being able to keep ourselves in check self-control is being able to keep ourselves in check we just went to a purity through a purity uh, um, a couple of purity sermons in the youth and dealing with young people you know we told them it's like do you think that God made a mistake by giving you guys your sex drive at the age of 10 or 11 or whatever it was no he did that on purpose he doesn't make mistakes. Why? So that you can have self-control over your feelings, your emotions. And when you're able to do that, guess what? You're going to be a man of God. Right? Self-control is a big one for all of us. It's not letting our circumstances cause us to lose control. Self-control exhibits moderation, temperament, and, and, temperament and, and discipline in, in our actions. Self-control... Self-controlled people show restraint and, and are not impulsive. They're not reactive. First Thessalonians says this, God's will for you, God's will for you is to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. Okay, I got 45 minutes. I'm going to start closing. I brought one of these. I brought one of these today. Let me see if I can put this. Let me see if I can land the plane. As Christians, we need to live a life led by the Spirit of God. Let me say that again. As Christians, we need to live a life led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has no experience with being impatient or hateful or harmful or rude. That's the language of the flesh. I said it before, the fruit will be a direct reflection of a surrender life to your Heavenly Father. A surrender life to the Spirit of God. See, we're not called, and I've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, but we're not called to focus on the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, church, we're called to focus on the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that will lead us to be fruitful in our life. It's the Spirit of God that will get you to do, have every single one of those nine attributes of having the fruit alive and well in you. It's the Spirit of God. It's not Pastor Travis. 
It's not Javi, it's not Divina. It's not the person that you call every time you fall, your, your life is falling apart. It's the Spirit of God alive and well in you. That's it. There's nothing else. It's not the Spirit of God and Pastor T. It's not the Spirit of God. And I'm going to say this, Grace Church. We serve a, a, an amazing church. But, 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 but be, be careful. It's the Spirit of God alive and well living in this place. That guides Pastor Travis, Pastor Tina, and every other leader in this church. It's not us. And I say that with full confidence. It's the Spirit of God that is growing our youth. It's the Spirit of God that is growing our young people. It's the Spirit of God that is growing the church, that is growing uh, our missions, that is growing, that is bringing people from Oregon to get baptized. It's the Spirit of God. We need to be followers of the Spirit of God, not the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. that's simple enough isn't it too often we don't see the growth in ourselves and actually say things like I'm just impatient I'm just it's just who I am right you know what I just don't have anything we don't have anything in common that's why I don't get along with him because I don't have anything in common with him anybody ever said something do you know this I just I just need to protect myself because I'm not going to let somebody else hurt me. I'm going to hurt them before. Listen. When you think like that, the truth of the matter is that you're operating in the flesh and not in the spirit. The spirit doesn't talk like that. I'm going to say something really quick. And if you don't get anything else out of this. Everybody else's actions doesn't determine how Christian you are. That's a shirt right there too, I think. Let me say to this side. Other people's actions don't determine how Christian you are. The Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit is a direct reflection of your walk and your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Don't blame it on other people. It's your walk with God. It's not their walk with God. Somebody said it very well. It's not their relationship with God. It's my relationship with God. I got a family that, that we spend our whole entire life blaming my mom and my dad for my relationship with God. Because they didn't, they didn't model it right. If you're not careful, the, 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 the very people that are trying to teach you will be the very people that draw you away from the Holy Spirit it has nothing to do with everybody else it has to do with you and him get this right and this will be will get better yeah. if we're not careful in our human existence we'll do exactly what Galatians 17:21 says Right? Galatians says that we're the complete opposite of the fruit of the Spirit if we're not led by the Spirit of God. We're the complete opposite. 
seeking God is asking him to help you grow in exhibiting his fruit and it will challenge us because choosing to deny the flesh and feeding the spirit instead is hard it's difficult but it's worth it come on young people you're getting ready to go to school you're gonna go right back to the same thing that you were that you left a couple of months ago you have two choices you either follow the spirit or you follow the flesh there's no in between the spirit or the flesh that's it I encourage you to go home pray yourselves up before the first day of school and say God I want to be led by the spirit because that I know that if I'm led by you I won't be stuck in summer camp 2023 I will carry you with me the rest of the school year see this is the deal when we, we, when we decide to, to surrender the flesh, we, we, will be getting, we will be put in places or situations that allow the Holy Spirit to develop the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. Listen to me again. When we, allow, when we deny the flesh, we will be put in situations and give the Holy Spirit strength to build the fruit of the Spirit in us. Every I've said it before, every, every storm that you go through is a perfect time to be a student. Every situation you go through where you feel like you have to choose between the flesh and the Spirit will be a perfect opportunity to grow your Spirit, your, your spirit uh, the Spirit of your, fruit, your fruits. Jeez. I need that surgery that yeah, <clears throat> sorry. It's getting hot up here. I'm going to close. There's no joke to withhold from the flesh because the flesh wants to uh, get even with other people. But the spirit calls us to love people. The flesh wants us to entertain sinful thoughts. But the spirit wants us to have self-control. The flesh wants us to, to be moody and angry and get back at people. But the spirit wants us to walk in peace and joy. What if we make a decision today and say from here on out, we don't just want this to be another service. I want this to be something different. So from here on out, I'm going to make a commitment to live Romans 13, 14 that tells us to clothe ourselves in Jesus and to not even think about how to gratify the desires of our flesh. If that would be your prayer every single day when you wake up, Lord, let, let me be clothed in you so that I don't live my life trying to satisfy the flesh. Lord, let me take you to school with me this morning so that people see a difference in me so that whenever I'm attacked you're right there with me reminding me of who I am and who you are is that okay? Yeah. 
See, as we give the Spirit more control of our lives, He begins to do through, in and through us, what the Holy Spirit wants to do, and only the Holy Spirit could do. To shape us and to grow us so that we look more and more like Jesus every day. That's the whole point of the Holy Spirit. It wants to grow us and shape us to be more like Jesus every day. You guys good with that? Let's pray because I think the youth is wanting to do a little bit more worship. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Dear God, Heavenly Father, do do in me whatever you need to do so that I will exhibit your fruit. Let me quit running from growth, Lord, so that you can grow me and change me to be more like you because I know that you could. Because I have the power of the Holy Spirit alive and well and living in me. And it propels me towards you every single day, Lord, if I put you first. Lord, let me deny the flesh and surrender to you, Lord, so that your will can be done over my life. Father, I thank you for being who you are in my life. I thank you that you would take these words regardless of my accent or the words that I made up. Father, but it will penetrate the hearts of your children, Lord, and they will walk out of here just a little bit different than the way they came in. Father, I love you. I praise you. I honor you. I thank you for allowing me to do this. Father, use my words to glorify yourself and give purpose to every single person underneath my voice. Father, I love you. I praise you. I give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And all his children said, Amen. God bless you guys. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.